up to that point, I don't think there were either any shows or any real resources that allowed us to kind of take a peek behind the curtain. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's like some shitty websites early on and maybe some like bullshit instructional videos if you went to like a magic store or something. But like they tr- they made it really cool. I-, I don't know about you, Justin. I felt like cool watching it. I wanted to go get like one of those stupid fucking like boxes full of magic with my mom at the time. I want to take us on a little side quest. Goku's one of the greatest anime heroes of all time. He's badass. He's awesome. Dude, hands down, Final Fantasy VII wins every day. How could you not love the Mario Brothers movie? Robocop kicks everyone else's ass. And that's why Superman sucks. Oh, the Velociraptors kick ass in Jurassic Park every single day. Oop, went on a bit of a rant there, huh? Welcome back, everybody, to the SideQuest Podcast. This is Eric, and I am back with you all for another fun episode. We are missing Jeff today, again, two for two, but in his place, we have our very good friend, Dave. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Does this mean I'm a recurring guest now or something three times? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if Jeff misses once more and you're in once more, then you officially take a spot, so no pressure. Jeff. Oh, geez. And no uh, pressure for oh. you, Dave. <laughs> We're committing you to it. Uh, once a week, you know, an hour, hour a week. I think it's, you know, maybe some people do that and go to church. Who knows? But this is what we do here, boys. Let me kick us off with the first main quest of the day. It's going to be a magical episode. It's going to be about some strange magic, which I'm surprised Dr. Strange hasn't used that song yet. Uh, maybe they will. So don't steal it. And if you do, I'm coming after you with a team of lawyers, but boys, I want to know what are your thoughts on the latest Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness trailer dropped during super bowl. A lot was unveiled and a lot of cool visuals and some storylines and some weird things going on. So Dave, I want to start with you, our guest of honor. What were your thoughts on the latest trailer? And in this, we talk spoilers. We talk just laid all out there, whatever your thoughts are. Jeez. I mean, that's a hard one. I actually just watched that today, which was uh, exciting for the first time because I expect great things. And of course, we have um, Charles Xavier at the very end of it. I know that's a very end spoiler. Ooh, um, yeah. Being reprised by um, Patrick Stewart, which is exciting. When you hear his voice at the end and that, uh, hey, Justin, I'm drawing a blank on that council. What's the. Uh, um, Illuminati. The Illuminati. Illuminati, that's right. Uh, when the when he starts talking, you know uh, Strange is up against the Illuminati, and uh, it's just there's so many different ways they can take this because there's just so much source material they can pull from all the comics. That which way do you want to go? Because you saw the um, because not only did you have Doctor Strange that we're used to in the MCU, you also saw a Doctor Strange, um, the evil Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's just so many different ways to take it. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good movie. Um, obviously, he's being punished for what happened in Spider-Man. Um, but I was at the edge of my seat watching it. I mean, can yeah. I say more? And I, 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 I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Um, so, I'm a huge Next Generation fan. So, anything with Patrick Stewart in it, it's like, like oh, man, I, I would love to meet him one day. 
Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but what, what, what do you get signed? Do you get signed his little Marvel toy? You get signed a little uh, Captain uh, Captain Picard toy? I, nope. I, I wouldn't know. You get your body uh, signed. He signs your body. You tattoo it. Justin will get the needle. I'll get the booze. We'll make it happen. Oh my Dude. god, needles! I hate needles, man. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. I just every time I see a tattoo, I think about needles, and it's like. <laughs> so many side quests just opened up right there. I don't yeah. even know where to begin. <laughs> well, let's begin with the trailer. We know we can always go back to a fun side quest, but what did you think, Justin? Was it everything you were looking for and more? Was it not enough? Where did you stand after watching that? I loved it. I I loved the direction that they're doing. I love the way that they're teasing up the teasing. I think they gave us the multiverse. Now we get to see the madness of it. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode a little bit where we, Eric and I discussed some of the possibilities of, of spoilers, everything from uh, now we pretty much have all confirmation that Patrick Stewart is professor X is here, but that we would even, and there's the speculation and the, from that Tom Cruise is playing Supreme Iron Man, that the speculation that we're going to see John Krasinski as Captain America, like the, it just, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'll admit, I, I am, I was completely shocked that they decided to reveal Patrick Stewart in the trailer. That just goes to show that. This is a mis- this is a, a misdirect for sure. Like everyone's going to be talking about it. Oh my god, Charles Xavier, how does this add up? What the what the what the what? But this just shows that there's going to be a lot bigger reveals in terms of cameos and guest stars and shit like that because in like in any world, even in our world right now, Patrick Stewart being in this fucking movie is like the biggest reveal ever. It's basically like showing all three Spider-Man in the trailer to No Way Home and they didn't do it. And we kind of knew it was there, but like it was so much better when you see it in theaters. And I feel like Patrick Stewart would have been the same way where it's like the moment you see him wheel up in the theaters and like, how did he get up there? Cause I didn't see any ramps. Um, you know, it's just going to be an awesome reveal. So I'm surprised they, I'm surprised they did that. I'm a little bit shocked. So that they've got to have some big stuff up their sleeves, little cards up their sleeves with the magic. Ooh. You, know? you said the magic Absolutely. word. I, uh, I, I, I would be. I think it would personally be hilarious if uh, James, uh, how do you say his name, McAvoy, um, was there instead of Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart's voice is coming out of Ooh. James McAvoy. Ooh, and McAvoy's just in a bald cap because he didn't want to shave his head for the role. Oh yeah. yeah, I can't blame him. Why, I mean, why would you, would you shave your head if you had to? If you uh, had another choice, <laughs> for a one, I wouldn't. For a one day cameo, I don't know, man. I, I, I guess it depends what's on the docket. You know, in this fantasy world I live in, where I'm like a superstar and I'm in movies, maybe, maybe not. Oh, but... su- superstar! Here, here we go. Side, complete, just yes or no side quest. Yep. Have you ever bicked your head? Bipped it. Bicked, taking a, a razor. Oh a razor gosh, no, I have gone, not gone the Bruce Willis. I have oh, not. Man, no, I, I have, I have not either. Um, almost did. Um, obviously, you guys know my brother had cancer two years ago. He lost all his hair, and uh, we were about to, and he told us not to. Um, no need to uh, do it on his account and whatnot. But my brother was bicking his hair while he was going through that stuff. Yeah, well, the thought that counts there. But I would say, mm-hmm. if you see me do it. Uh, come, come see if I need help. I feel like that would be like Britney Spears of me to do. So Justin, I don't know about you. <laughs> Have you bicked your head? 
once. It was against my will. I didn't want to do it, but it was freshman year of college. And on the football team, all the freshmen had to shave their heads. Um, it was stupid <laughs> as hell, but I look like an idiot. <laughs> I I feel like all I don't have and <laughs> moles and everything. Ugh. I feel. Did like you have okay? Yeah. So when we first met you, you had pretty long hair, Justin. Do you have long hair going out of high school into college? No. So that's a that's a good sub side quest that I want to boomerang back back to the both of you to see if you've ever had long hair. I used to have long hair when I was very little, like seven, eight years old. I had long hair. And then all through high school, no, I kept it. I, I had the bowl cut for a while. I did the wall for a while. Um, no, that wasn't wasn't until I just got super lazy and was on my own in college when I was like, I'm not affording that five ninety nine. <laughs> so I, I'm a little confused. What is the wall? Is that what is that like a ramp though? Like the ramp off the front front of your head? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Eric, what, what did you guys call it? It was, it was a oh, ramp, right? God. So it was, I don't know. Yeah, did you guys ramp. call it a wall? I don't know if we call it a wall. Definitely a ramp uh, for sure. But the wall is more funny. I like that. that yeah. That's definitely funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I, I, no, I was pretty clean cut. Um, you know, I, I, I did buzz my head back in kindergarten because I was, like, begging for it. And then it grew back really dumb because I have, like, three colics on the top of my head. So my school pictures for kindergarten were extremely upsetting uh so no after that point it was just haircut lots of hair gel at some point dyed my hair or bleached it like the backstreet boys um until i grew out of that phase which was basically leading into college so like up until i was like 18 i was still bleaching my hair like what the fuck was i doing <laughs> hey dude it was a style look how look how long eminem bleached his hair for that that was a uh... very true who knew he was a brunette i know you know very good. Hey, I want to take us back on a side quest to Patrick Stewart. Like, I feel like, you know, Dave, you brought up a lot of good movies. I'm surprised, I'll be honest. Are we surprised that Patrick Stewart is still going? Is he just like an uh, immortal being that is just super talented and able to keep all these franchises alive? Like, like what, you know, are you guys surprised to still see him around? I am. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not retired. I mean... You've had you've had such a successful career, be it his first like on screen stuff was really Star Trek. He was he was theater before that, um, and then just all his all his roles that he's played over the years. I mean, why keep on going when you have that much money and uh, you're um, trying to eighty one? I mean, everybody says he looks just like he did uh, uh, did during uh, the original Next Generation series. I don't agree with that. He's definitely aged. Um, but, uh, I mean, what's he doing right now? He's obviously got the, whether or not it's a major role in Dr. Strange or just a quick cameo that that's to be, that's to be seen. But I mean, Star Trek Picard, I mean, he's got major role in that show. I mean, it's his, it's his character's namesake and him moving around the set like he does. You could definitely tell there's like a little bit of stiff, stiffness there, but he's still <laughs> um, moving around like he would uh, if he was in his 60s still. But, um, or what most of us would be considered in his 60s. But I think that uh, that uh, tea obsession he has uh, uh, definitely is keeping him uh, <laughs> younger. The powerful tea. Justin, I don't know what I your know. thoughts are, Mr. Picard over there, Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Ball Ooh. Boy, Mr. Big Boy. Mm. 
Uh, no, I think what Dave says is like super accurate. And the only thing that I could really add to it is you take somebody like Patrick Stewart. And I, I think that a lot of times in our modern culture that probably started back in the 80s uh, with like the action stars and then moved into the way that slasher horror took over for a while. And But you kind of, forget, as an audience, forget that we're dealing with artists and as an artist, like I can see Patrick Stewart doing this until the day he dies, because this is what he's passionate about is creating characters and stories, putting them out there for the audience to relate to, and then creating a stir of this like new world that was just blown up out of existence. So that's what I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited that he's still around because if you think about it, like growing up, he, I mean, he was a big part, obviously as Charles Xavier, like there were some comic book movies growing up, but I feel like that one really sticks with me. The most was the original X-Men series. I mean, as good or as bad as people think they are, like, I feel like that really kind of ignited it and started it. And then obviously Spider-Man came not soon after, but it's cool to see him still around and, like, hopefully, I mean, I love him to death, but hopefully pass the torch in this multiverse of madness. Like, I know it's probably just going to be a pocket of time. Doctor Strange is going to be like, who the hell are you guys? And it's like a quick blip, and I'm sure it's just a cameo. But I'm just excited to see how they're going to, you know, give Patrick Stewart the torch and pass it on to X-Men. And I, I'm curious if they're gonna use this movie as that platform because i know everybody's wondering how and why how are the x-men going to come into it and if this is it i don't know man i don't know this movie better be like three hours long because i don't know how you can jam pack all this shit into it and expect us to like you know we're gonna spend the first probably hour and a half trying to pick up our jaw off the floor with all the shit that we're seeing so i i just think it'd be really cool for him in this movie to somehow pass the torch to future x-men and like he kind of retires it and puts it up on the mantle and ends on a high note because my only fear for him is at this age i hope he lives forever but you know i would just love for him to go out on a high note like you said justin he's an artist he'll do it to the day he dies and if it's some like ralph boner joke in this movie (laughs) (laughs) and the next day he croaks it would be like oh no (laughs) i'm so sad you know. Yeah, I just it's good that you bring up the boner joke because at times it seems like Marvel has such like a grand control over everything they're doing. And then there's times where they just fuck up and it's like <laughs> did, did that really just really happen? Yeah. Why? Like who whoever suggested that in the writers room and then you guys agreed? Did you come back 9 months later and then fire him? Please? <laughs> No, I think they just murder there. They just straight up say, yeah, we don't know where you went. And he's just in the studio lot somewhere getting beaten up by the Toy Stories, you know, <laughs> light years. Who knows? But hey, boys, I want to keep buried under the new Disney ride. Yeah, exactly. Frozen with Mr. Wald himself. But hey, boys, we're keeping this magic train going. So Dr. Strange, Strange Magic, if you use that song, I will come after you, Disney. But next up, do you guys remember that old Fox reality show? Uh, it was something along the lines of like breaking the magician's code, the, the, the magic's biggest secret secrets revealed the dude with the mask. He kind of looks like a knockoff version of black Panther. Um, I just, I, I just vividly remember this show as being like one of those cool, 
badass shows where, like, I learned about magic. Do you guys remember that show at all? Yeah, I remember when uh, it was for, like the first time it came out, and the the masked magician or whatever it was called, um, and it's like it was like a big deal. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just like in my household, but it is like Fox had so much hype. It probably had a Super Bowl ad or something. So Fox was spending a ton of money to get this thing out there. Um, and you said it was Fox, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And I remember the first episode and they're explaining this stuff. And it's like, oh, that kinds of, kind of ruins it for you. And what, it was three, I think, what, three seasons to it? Two seasons to it, maybe? And, I mean, I watched the first season. I didn't watch the second season. But there was a lot of hype and I enjoyed it. And... I think they made an elephant disappear in the first episode or something like that but uh i'm having a little trouble remembering since it's probably oh, yeah. came out in like what 97 or something but yeah. uh god it's been a long time and that show i mean it was just like cool and and like you said dave it was a big hit back then like folks that have been you know that are only let's say in their tweens or early 20s like you know, back then, like, the internet was kind of out. It just came out right around, like, 96 for real when Google was basically hitting the hitting the web pages. Um, but outside of that, it was like you had the TV Guide channel, and you set your dial to go and watch this show. And it was basically, like you said, Dave, just he would just do these magic tricks that were phenomenal and, like, breathtaking. And then all of a sudden, he reveals it. And I just remember how cool that was because up to that point, I don't think there were either any shows or any real resources that allowed us to kind of take a peek behind the curtain. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's like some shitty websites early on and maybe some like bullshit instructional videos if you went to like a magic store or something. But like they tr- they made it really cool. I-, I don't know about you, Justin. I felt like cool watching it. And I wanted to go get like one of those stupid fucking like boxes full of magic with my mom at the time. Yeah, well, first of all, can we just pause for a moment on the fact that there used to be magic shops? (laughs) How cool was that? You would go to a store and there would just be an old guy and he would sell you magic tricks. Yeah. You're looking to pull a rabbit out of your ass. (laughs) Then I'll show you something sweet. Oh, boy. Um, I had a different experience than you guys. Wow. (laughs) But, <laughs> Sounds like a Spencer's Gifts in the back corner. Oh boy! But no, I, I remember. I, I remember distinctly when the show came out. It was the talk of the town. Episode one, you're just like, okay, whatever. And then you watch it, and you're just like, it is disappointing when you realize it's just this. It's like watching uh, uh, that fact or fiction show. Yeah, and you're just on the edge of your seat, and you're like, it's fiction. We wrote it. And you're just like, damn it, you got me good. You sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Fox, go ahead. <laughs> Wasn't the person that ran that um, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, number number one? Yeah. yeah uh, so bring Riker. Uh, Riker, yep. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was so good. And it just, I mean, that's what just encompassed TV from, I don't know, well, 97 to like 2003 before I don't know it was just such a weird time and well, this was a thing and the craziest part was there actually is a magician's code 
Like magicians aren't supposed to do what this guy did, hence the mask. And I learned that from Arrested Development, so it might not be true, <laughs> but I'm saying it. Yeah. And I, you know, and back then, I mean, we sound like really fucking old people right now, but like back then, you know, there was the teaser before the episode and like for everybody to tune in, that was it. There was no like, let's go check out the YouTube channel. Let's go check out their Facebook page. Somebody already probably leaked it. Like you literally had to wait until Sunday, Sunday, seven o'clock at night in order to just watch the show live with the rest of America. And it was just, it, he just made it cool. He made it fun. I'm sure the the magic crowd was probably very thankful for it. I'm sure like Penn and Teller shows probably boomed from that shit. And maybe David Blaine or Chris Angel probably wasn't even a thought yet. Who knows about that fucking weirdo? We'll get to him in a minute. But um, it was cool. And then like the final, final, final episode was, ooh, the masked man gets revealed. Like you never knew his voice or his face or anything. And then finally... It's some fucking guy that <laughs> he just looks like a waiter at an Italian restaurant. Like, I don't even know who the guy was. I think it's his name's like Val Valentino. And he's probably like really big in the magic world. He's probably listening right now. Cheers, Val. But it was just like, I don't know. It was the ending was kind of like lackluster. It was kind of like, you know, Game of Thrones season eight. It was just like, okay, are we supposed to know this guy? I don't know about you guys, but I had no clue who the fuck he was then or now. No, still don't. I just I'm seeing his picture right now. I, I'm on IMDb, and uh, it's like he was on four episodes in 2008. So was this um was this a multi season show that spanned like it gapped like five years or something? Because I'm I'm seeing it like came out in 2002, and it's still ongoing. It still uh, doesn't have an end date. Yeah, I think it's uh, is it. I think it's been one of those shows that it was definitely out for like a couple seasons in the 90s. And then I think it just went away. I think it was like canceled or something. But then there was, oh yeah, so here it is. The original run was 97 to 2002. And then it got picked back up to from like my network TV, whatever the fuck that is, 2008 to 2009. So they're considering that like a full run date of like 97 to 2009. So total of 18 episodes i was actually surprised there was that many i feel like i only remember a couple maybe the rest were just fucking boring but i don't remember there being that many episodes yeah, good i mean good for val yeah. <laughs> but uh what happened to his career i mean like justin was saying like there's a magician's code did he just get like banned from everything you know, like you can't do this anymore. That's a good point because I got to admit too, Penn and Teller, if you guys have watched any of their videos, they do the same thing. There's some, there's sometimes they will actually reveal the tricks and those are really fucking cool. Like I got to admit like, yeah, the, the man in the mask had some cool tricks, but like if you guys Google and go to YouTube and watch Penn and Teller revealing tricks, they're actually pretty phenomenal. It's very quick, like Teller. Uh, will Teller's the small guy, right? Or pen? Yeah. Teller, sure. Yeah. So Teller will like, you know, it's like boxes on the stage and how does he have one arm coming out of one box and his leg coming out of the other. And you see him underneath the stage, like literally sprinting back and forth between the boxes, you know, given te uh, pen enough time to like, you know, put the curtain up and bullshit, but it's cool. Like they reveal like the glass stage or the glass box. So you can see it all happen at once. It's really fucking cool. So, from a magician code, I don't even know anymore, man. That's kind of... <laughs> I have to imagine, like, some people probably got buried in the desert of Vegas because they broke the magician's code, but 
Who knows anymore, man? The internet will just give you all the secrets. Side quest. Yes. Side quest. Can we just side quest really quick and talk? Which do you like better, the Prestige or the Illusionist? Ooh. Oh, man. Talk about two movies that came out on the at the exact same time. Right? Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I... This is going to sound... I don't know what it's going to sound like, right? But the illusion, uh, the the prestige, I enjoyed better because of the actors. I didn't not like the story for the illusionist, but I just really enjoyed uh, Bale versus Hugh Jackman in Prestige. Dave, weigh in. Man, man, I was going to say it's like I, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to say the illusionist. Um, I just think it had more, it, to me, it was more grounded in like what could happen. Whereas the prestige was like, okay, this is just Tesla's making a machine that's causing people to be clones and, and there's a thousand hats at the end. I mean, okay, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a good premise for a movie, but when you're, I guess I probably saw the illusionist first. Or then the prestige. So I'm like, oh, this prestige illusionist is in the 1800s. It's a guy trying to do this and this and build his career. And he has a twin brother, right? Whereas the prestige was some guy with too much money that just is pissed that. Am I getting these two confused? I'm you are. Confused. Yes, you are. I am explaining the exact same movie twice. <laughs> oh my God. Of course. Um, I can't remember what the illusionist was, but I remember liking it more than the prestige. Um, that yeah. being said, anything with uh, Hugh Jackman is still on TV. So I've definitely seen the prestige more recently than the illusionist, but uh, yeah, I'm just blindly saying I like the illusionist best. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, Hey, you but go yeah, for it. Go. You go for it. You crown that king. Yes, Justin, yes. what about you? It, Where are you at? It's for me, it's the prestige. I've and I've seen it more times. And I, Dave makes a great point with just the, the outlandish sci fi of Tesla creating a machine that clones people and then huge. Sorry, spoiler alerts for our younger audience members who haven't seen this looking at you. Um, <laughs> to the fact that he's just murdering his clone, what did. It's the clone murders the, the previous one and then becomes the new version. So the original one's dead, which I just think is like such like an interesting like sociological play on the fact that if, if cloning exists or or take it a step further, doppelgangers. Everybody's got a doppelganger out there. And do you know the true nature of a doppelganger, Eric? Uh, it's if you see them, it's the devil and you got to kill them first or something like that. Right. Exactly. Yes. I don't so, know why I know that. <laughs> I, who the hell knows? I know it too. <laughs> you ever got, have you guys ever met your doppelganger? Well, no, I don't, I don't think I have. I had growing up when I, um, went to, I think it was used to be called CCD. It was like Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday yep. night at the church, you go and like for an hour and learn about God and stuff, whatever it was. There was this kid at, in one of the classes that we were not twins, but we were, we had very, very similar traits. We were about the same height, same kind of nose, same kind of cheekbones, same hairstyle, everything. So not a doppelganger, but very, very, very close. And like people would joke and say like, oh, it's the twins. And I don't even think I remembered his name, but 
No, I've never met anybody that was like identical to me. I would probably shit my pants first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, it sounds like you murdered this child. Is kind <laughs> of what I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, uh, no comment. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. But <laughs> Dave, what about you? Have you met a doppelganger? Well, I got I got two stories in this one. Oh boy! Yes. While I was in college, I was walking through uh, the engineering wing. Um, and there was a TV that showed everything that's been going on, your club activities and everything. And I'm looking at the screen to see what's going on. And all of a sudden there's a picture of me that pops up on it. It's like, I was not at that, F- I was not at that event. I was not at that event. And I'm looking at this picture. It's me. No, there's a guy at my college with the same major, a year younger than me. I couldn't tell us apart. <laughs> I never actually met him, but every time a picture came up, it's like, where the hell is this guy? I'm not doing this. Maybe I'm sleepwalking or something because I never <laughs> met him. But, um, but yeah, no. But then uh, the other story is at your wedding, Eric, I had multiple people come up to me thinking I was Nick Vitamin. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you think either of us look, I don't think either of us looked alike and like very distinctively different. I yeah I don't see it. I don't see it. I had, I had multiple people come up thinking I was Nick Vitamin. That's funny. No way, Justin. You've met a doppelganger. I feel like you have. I've met other people's doppelgangers, and have seen a picture of my doppelganger. Uh, He's an Italian street performer in Rome. And I, I'll, I'll try to dig up the picture of him, and it just I see it when I'm, it's me with my hair long, and he's doing an illusion where it looks like he's falling, but he's frozen in place. Oh, and that's my doppelganger. I've not met him. Wow. I assume when I do, it'll, you know, somebody's gonna die. Yeah. So. I don't know who's the ori- I don't know if I'm the original and he's the doppelganger or if he's the original and I'm the doppelganger. It's yeah. I, don't, I think I don't once know. once one is murdered then then it's it's known something like that and I'm pretty sure when he goes home at night and he looks out the window up at the moon you're doing the same thing from your bedroom window. I think that's how it works. Yeah, I mean I've I've studied multiplicity in in depth <laughs> so but I mean, well, all I hear is that we need to plan a trip to Italy so uh, we can have a death match. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm, I'm game. I'm game. I just got a new passport, so let's go. That would be all amazing. Right. Hey, what was it? Since you brought up the prestige and illusionist, what is it about Hollywood that there always seems to be like pairs of movies that happen? So both of these movies came out in 2006. For some reason, the Hollywood gods that be decided that two separate studios were going to make these old timey magic movies that were released within the same year. What What is it about that? Is that weird? Why do we get that? So for from like just a practical standpoint, what happens is, and I don't know which one came first between the two of them, um, at least from a sales standpoint, but you, you take a, a big studio and they announce they've got this project and then other studios are kind of like, Either they were in the running to buy up the script, but they lost out to a, a better deal. And then they're just kind of like, hey, that's a great idea. It's fucking roll. Because, <laughs> like, there's a bunch of them, man. Like, Armageddon and Deep Impact, both 1998. 
uh, Entrapment and Thomas, Thomas Crown Affair, 1999. Turner and Hooch and K-9, 1989. Like, Ants and a Bug's Life. Who remembers Ants? Were, were you guys Ants fans or Bug Life fans? Because I feel like that determines a friendship. Ants. Oh, Ants all the way. It was, a, it was a more mature movie, which is why I liked it. Justin, mm-hmm. Justin mm-hmm. give me the right answer. I've seen neither, so <laughs> give, I can give two shits. <laughs> but like, well, at least, at, hey, hey, I was with you when you saw the Bugs Life at um, at the Animal Kingdom. So at least you have a little bit of Bugs Life experience. <laughs> okay, so I'm I've I've exposed my existence to Bugs Life. So by default, it wins. Yeah, it's just strange. Hollywood is I. I there's got to be something behind the the curtain there that we don't know about. Like Olympus, Olympus has fallen and White House down same year. Why? Who the fuck cares, man? I think uh, Olympus has fallen was a blacklist movie, and uh, so for audience, for those of you that that don't know, there's there's these lists that go out in Hollywood for the best unproduced screenplays. And they get rated and they get ranked and then they come out on the blacklist or the blood list or whatever. And so what happens is then the studios go into this bidding war to, to swoop up this property because it's usually like an independent screenwriter. Maybe he's got a few or she has a few or they have a few uh, titles under their, their belt, but they're largely relying on the uh, ground root studio system to lift them out of the dirt. And then the, the, they realize they've got buyer's remorse or FOMO or whatever the hell you want to call it. And they're just like, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. Or like, hey, I heard they're in production. Fuck. Michael Bay and Armageddon. All right, Deep Impact. Let's get, let's get, uh, Let's get that dude, right? Let's get Morgan Freeman. He'll be president. Got it. We'll start there. Let's work our well, way Well, look, out. take, for example, a studio like The Asylum. Hmm. They do, when Transformers, and it's interesting that you said that, Transformers came out. They had a movie come out the same year called Transmorphers. <laughs> I'm dead serious. So they, uh, they for from 2002 to maybe 2000. They might still be active. Hell if I know. But anytime there was a big Hollywood movie, they would just rip it off. Yeah. That's love it. That's like, (laughs) I feel like, like games are like that movies shows. And like a lot of it is like in China too, where you just like Google that shit. And it's like, they got every single brand, even like Mickey mouse and shit. It's just like, just a little bit off center, a little bit down to the left. And it's out there, like Transmorphers or whatever, like, you know, Admiral Nelson instead of Captain Jet, whatever it is, right? So it's fucking weird, man. People just, and and people are buying that shit too. And it's usually, shout out to all the grandmas listening out there. You're doing your best, but there's a lot of times they just buy it because they don't know what the fuck it's for. Like, I, I bought the Game Pass X 360 and it comes and it's like basically a PlayStation 1 that's like been spray painted white and green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, shout out to grannies out there. But hey, boys, I want to take us straight into a magic death battle. Let's get going. Get over here! Flawless victory. All right, boys, I want to talk about some of the greats here in the death battle. We got a, I think we got a three-way going. Um, and let's just, we're all on planet Earth. We're, let's say, in the middle of Times Square, because that's where everybody wants to see magic go down. 
We've got three of the most interesting magicians ever to live uh, in our time. One is David Blaine, the man who's very odd and strange and like will put himself in a glass ice box for a week and, you know, stand or water for 25 minutes and do a lot of crazy shit that's very unnatural to the human body. We also have second contender, Mr. Chris Angel. You remember him as the super MySpace emo dude or emu, according to Dave, um, that he's, he's the guy that's like the mind freak. He wants to be jaw dropping and walk across water and float across buildings. And obviously he didn't reveal any of his tricks or how he did it, but he's kind of that guy that's out there doing quote unquote, more mystical, you know, magical type shit. And then I think maybe not a clear winner, but our third contestant here, Mr. Job Bluth, you know him from Arrested Development. I mean, he is a magician, an illusionist. He practices his craft. He's not the best at it, we got to admit. But I feel like he's got his heart in it, and he really wants to be a magician, and I think you'd be a good third contender here. So, gentlemen, with David Blaine, Chris Angel, and Job Bluth in the middle of New York City Times Square trying to duke it out to the death... Who the hell is winning and how are they winning? Justin, I'm going to start with you, my friend. Ooh, interesting. Do you want my short answer first or my long answer? Let's, That's uh, what she said. Let's start short. I feel like we got something to talk about with these three magicians. Very capable. So let's start short and then we'll go long. Okay. I, I love it. Um, hate me, but Chris Angel. Okay. We got one vote for Chris Angel. Dave, give us a name. Who's winning? Oh, man. This is a hard one. Um, I don't know. I think they're battling. They're battling. They're battling. And uh, somebody does something stupid, and Bluth wins. Ooh. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's gonna be a oh, really, no. it's gonna be a really interesting one here because I'm going David Blaine. So <laughs> we got a three-way tie going on right now. So Justin, let's go a little bit more in depth. Why did you pick Chris Angel? What's going down? Okay. So I, I'm so happy that. Dave, Dave, maybe halfway swayed me, and there's a scenario where, if they're not in Times Square, maybe they're on um, Job's yacht, <laughs> and then he does the magic trick where he makes the yacht disappear. He blew it up, um, <laughs> and that's how he wins. Uh, to me, that kind of makes like a, a sense in an alternate reality, but. In terms of them being in Times Square, I, I think Job is going to be very passive. You know, he's going to be on a Segway. He's going to be circling around. He's got the Aztec tomb with him. <laughs> and he, he goes to hide in the Aztec tomb while Chris Angel is making himself float. And David Blaine is like, oh, I'm going to go bury myself under concrete. <laughs> And then all that's left is David or uh, Chris Angel floating, and then he wins by default. <laughs> oh my god! I had such great visuals. I'm so happy you did all that. Um, Thank you. That's a, that's a good one, Dave. How does Job win in the Battle of uh, Times Square? Uh oh, we scared him away. 
Well, Eric, you go first. Though. All right. We'll Sorry, go. I was I was I was uh, having a uh, sip of that whiskey you got me, Eric. Ooh. I myself, so uh, I was trying to avoid the ice rally. It's Ooh, pretty he's, good. You're getting ready. You're getting it. ramped up. So let yeah, yeah, I'm glad you do. Yeah. So I um, like going along the lines of what Justin said, like blowing stuff up. I think he'll try to set up some trick that goes horribly wrong and just takes everybody out and he's the only one there acting standing in the middle of Times Square acting dumbfounded as everybody else's uh mm-hmm. his two opponents are oh there's the right there's the left hand there's the right hand there's the uh there's the uh right foot and he's the only one standing because it's just uh a uh, more of a uh a um made up character that he's got superpowers so um I like it I yeah, like it that's good logic. That is good. And so here's here's what's going down with David Blaine, right? So this man, he's supernatural. He just, the things that he can do, he can hold his breath. He can be buried for a week. He can sit in a glass box on display. He can escape out of the most dangerous situations and somehow does not die. Every single trick he's had so far uh, has not killed him. And that goes to show... That naturally, that guy's got some extra juice going. I mean, he's training, he's prepping, he's just naturally somebody that's going to survive longer if his tricks don't get fucked up. But I feel like Job, he's going to be overwhelmed. He's in the middle of Times Square. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. His first little, he flicks his wrist, and there's supposed to be a flame that pops out, and it's just a dead bird that falls out. People start laughing. He tries to ride away on his Segway runs into the the Aztec tomb, it falls over, he just dies. You know, he just accidentally dies on his own. Chris Angel, same thing. He's trying to float, he's trying to like be a Jesus type thing and blow people's minds and float down from the top of one of the advertising like TVs or something. And the line breaks because this is real life. That shit's not real. <laughs> and the the fishing wire, somebody accidentally like cuts it because they don't know what it's there for. And they just, you know, you see him fall splat. Um, but, I mean, David Blaine, no matter what they try to do to him, I feel like even if they go after him physically, that guy is just built to survive. And he would just outlast the both of them. He would just probably just be in a glass box the whole time. And those other two would just kill themselves somehow. So David Blaine. Winner, winner, magician's dinner, which is what? A rabbit? We don't know. But that, boys. Yeah. No, audience, audience, chime in, weigh in. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, we got to know. I mean, we could add a whole bunch of more magicians in there, but those are the first three to come to mind. I mean, lately, I can't even think of, like, what, Houdini? He did the one trick, and he's, like, famous for it. Like, dork, you know? Uh, but anyways, boys, <laughs> we had a very magical, magical episode tonight. I was trying to look back through some other magical movies and the list is kind of lackluster. There's some good ones, but there, man, there's some clunkers out there. Like one of the first ones to come up with Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nick Cage. I heard that was a steaming pile of shit. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Did they get a sequel? Oh God, I hope not. Oh man. There probably was yeah. though. It's Disney. I'm sure they... Sure, they found a way to replace everybody just to make another one. Like, now you see me. Now you see me, too. Oh, my God. Like, the 21 oh. card game. That just The list goes on, folks. So we want to know, what is your top favorite magic movie out there? Is it The Illusionist? Is it The Prestige? Is it another one? Is it fucking Indian in the Cupboard? Have you thought about that movie in a while? Let us know. Hit us up. 
at SideQuestPod. Dave, thank you, my friend, for joining us on this very special episode. We've got a fun weekend planned ahead. We'll be sure to post some pictures and videos. We're going to be doing a little bit of whiskey tasting. So Dave's getting it in early. He's, you know, pre-gaming, getting ahead of the curve. And so join us. Sip a glass. Raise a glass to us. So Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Justin, as always, it's been a blast. And gentlemen, how are us three magicians, magic boys, going to be ending this magic mic type episode? <laughs> I, I may have something. Okay, go for it. What is your phrase and perform it admirably for when you pull the prestige and flip the audience on their head? Ooh. Hocus pocus, abracadabra. What is it? Dave. We're putting you on the spot. Oh man, I, I, I'd break the internet if I try to do try to do this. Uh, might uh, blow out my mic too, but uh, I would do my uh, evil witch's cackle. Do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if my mic can handle it. It's but, okay. Um, well, let's, it well, let's do it. Let's do because the audience audience you need to hear this. Yes, um, it's important to your existence that this happens. So what I'm gonna say is try it, Dave. Okay. If and if you, you break say... your if you break your mic, then I want to hear you do like a really low version. <laughs> yes. Oh, that Something was, that like was that. pretty pretty good. But I got to follow that one, up, Justin. I don't know if I can. But let's let's see what you got. Show us shot. your pipes. <laughs> it did. It definitely didn't it, pick it, up. It did break. You did break it. I heard little little hints of it. I'm sure your throat's hurting a little bit. Um, but oh my god, I feel like mine would be Alakazamba Zombies, and I would be Bill Cosby somehow. Mm, okay, my turn. Well, no, we have to go back and we have to get Dave's low cackle. Oh yeah, get that low cackle. Really come from the bass I, drum. I don't know if I can do, do another one. That was a uh, that made me go a little lightheaded there. But uh, <laughs> let me give it a shot. <laughs> No, not as good as the high-pitched one. But, uh... Love the high-pitched one. All right, my turn. I'm up. All right, magic trick. I'm going to make this yacht disappear. <laughs> if anybody's still listening, we love you. Uh, and come back and see us. We love you. Okay, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Where's the fart noise? Have a good one. <laughs>